When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on VOCNation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Rock and Roll Union Streamcast. CT, as always, with my good friend Bill here. I've uh, got a great show for you this evening. We're going to be talking with the boys from Ryder. Uh, totally, totally different outfit than what they used to be. Um, we're, we're going to get all the news on that one. And uh, if you guys have been around with Rock and Roll Union for a while, you, you're familiar with Ryder. They've done gigs with us in the past. They've done live events for Rock and Roll Union. And a really great group of guys out of Queens, New York. And uh, Bill, how you been, man? Doing okay. Finally over my cold, I think. I must have had uh, the sinus infection from hell for the last four weeks or so. Dude, I'll tell you what. I, I dealt with that sinus stuff, I think, from from October until like the beginning of February. It was the absolute worst. Um, just a little bit of exciting news, uh, just so everybody knows. And Bill, I don't think I even mentioned this to you. You can actually uh, catch the show, this show live, and you can watch the replay on the Rock and Roll Union YouTube channel now. So everything will be available back there again. Finally, glad to be back with that. But uh, without further ado, I do want to bring in the boys from Ryder. Let me bring on James... And Rod, you. Hey guys, thank you so much for being here tonight. How you guys doing? Well, thanks so much for having us. Man, what's crazy? Yeah, thanks a lot, Chris. <laughs> what's crazy is both you guys got with Rock and Roll Union in the very, very, very beginning, and you were in two completely different outfits when I met you. I would never imagine that you guys would be together. That, that's exciting news. Um, James, so why the revamping of the band? What happened, if you don't mind me asking, and uh, walk us through what's going on? Well, um, basically what ended up happening is, you know, as my, you know, we have good times together. We have, you know, and, and unfortunately, as time passes uh, passes by, people outgrow each other. And uh, unfortunately, it got to a point where, you know, the other former members of this band didn't 
you know, work out for one reason or another. And, you know, it's a part of life. You know, you change. And uh, I wish them no ill will. I wish them all the best. But uh, I am definitely, definitely much happier now. Um, you know, we're actually celebrating a month today since we announced this new lineup. Killer. So. And how, how did you go about finding all the new guys? Well, um, with the help of our uh, our manager, Melinda, um, she helped uh, that she... Uh, I think she was the one who uh, who reached out to Rod on uh, Bandmix, and uh, yeah, ba- Bandmix is still a thing. Um, yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, reached out on Bandmix, and you know, we just started talking, started jamming. Max was the next to uh, to come along. Um, I knew him from uh, mutual bands throughout the Queens area because he played in a band called Phantom Night you know, great guitar player. And then, uh, Nick Bavaro came afterwards. Uh, Max and Nick should be joining us at some point. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, so keep, keep a lookout on the backstage. <laughs> yeah, I will. I definitely will. Uh, Rod, I know, uh, you, you've done tributes in the past. You've done, uh, some original stuff. How's it feel to, I, I know you've been looking for an original act to kind of sink your teeth into for a while. And this one isn't too far from home. How's it feel? Well, the good thing is uh, I really like having an opportunity to do some writing and do some original material. And uh, just you know, me and James, we started talking, and business-wise, we clicked. Personality-wise, we clicked. We kind of were on the same wavelength with a lot of things. And uh, just everything uh, started clicking after that. We started getting along, started writing, started sharing ideas, started modifying each other's ideas. And then when... We got Nick and we got Matt the last month. We've just been really working hard on getting stuff down. Awesome. Awesome. Any questions, Bill? Well, from uh, what the guys are saying, it sounds like this is a totally new outfit. It's not really building on what was done in the past. It's a complete total reboot. Yeah, it's a reboot. We're uh, We're still playing some of the older material, but our primary focus is writing new material it's uh one of the reasons why some of our first shows back we're actually doing something that the band has never done before and we're actually uh it's something as a 90s kid i've always wanted to do is to play an acoustic show in the style of like mtv unplugged so we're actually having real fun you know doing that and like just reworking some of the old songs and just writing all the new stuff um yeah, I think we're working on, you know, four of the older songs, about two or three covers, and we have six original songs on the docket. Wow, that was so, well, That's a nice set of music to break out of the box with. That sounds great. Yeah. So how, how's the writing going? I mean, it sounds plentiful. I mean, it sounds like it's going pretty well. Well, oh, the yeah. good thing I'm sorry, James. No, I'll go on, Rod. <laughs> no, the good thing is uh, I've got a lot of ideas that I've never used before in any of my other bands. Uh, so same with Matt. Matt's got a lot of great ideas. Nick's got some really good ideas. He's really good with arranging and coming up with different things, throwing little hooks in here and there. And 
we're just throwing everything down together and being really positive. And if something sounds okay, but it could be better, we are grown up enough to say, hey, if you got a better idea, let's combine them. And that's one thing that you don't always find. A lot of it's, it's difficult to give up control of your art, your creation to another person and to say, you know what? This is what I think is great. And you might not think it's great. You have an idea. Let's see if we could buy them. Not everybody works like that. Some people, they're very dedicated. This is my idea. This is my art. This is my craft. I don't want to change. And I respect that. It's just nice being in a situation where we can build up camaraderie by working on material together instead of just my song, your song, his song. Right. Absolutely. And it just fits together like a glove. I mean, we just, we work, we work with each other, not against each other. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice. Now you, uh, writers had two albums out in, in the past through Obsidian. Is, is it Obsidian Studios? Am I saying that correctly? Obscenic Art Studios. Obscenic. Are you guys looking to go back there? It's not off the table of possibilities. You know, we got to, I, I think we just got to get together with Anthony and try to figure something out when the time's right. Gotcha. Any, uh, any questions, Bill? Not questions as such about the recording, although I will say uh, I really, myself hadn't been uh, that uh, familiar with your music previously. And so prior to the show, I went back and listened to some of the older stuff and the production values of what uh, you guys did with Anthony back in the day is outstanding. So I could see that uh, if you're able to get something going with him again, that that will work to everybody's benefit. Absolutely. I mean, a- Anthony's a good guy. I give him a lot of credit. Um, he, uh, when the band first started out in 2016, he, uh, he took us, pulled us under his wing and he, uh, he was very blunt and he was very honest and he pulled us all aside and he said, all of this stuff that I just heard on this, on these demos are crap. You need to change them. You need to play in sync. And he taught us pocket and, you know, where we really, you know, I really owe Anthony a lot. Uh, Ryder wouldn't be here today without him. Man. And as far as uh, the old material is concerned, what, what, what songs stick out in your head, James, as far as the ones that you wanted to make sure continued on? Um, well, for right now, it's, it's a little different. Um, right now we're preparing for acoustic. So it's like the That's stuff it. that we're, we're looking at. I mean, it, it's a matter of what translates to acoustic, what, what's a little better for electric. Um, I think we'll have a better idea once we, uh, you know, once we get to the electric setup. Uh, but right now for acoustic, I mean, you know, obviously Lillian's lullaby. I mean, the fact that, you know, we did an acoustic version of that song last year and it has never been performed live acoustically is, is a fucking crime, (laughs) you know, but, uh, luckily we're going to do that. So another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Rod, how is this different from anything you've been a part of before? Well, I have not been in an original band since I was a young pup back in the day. And it's nice. It's nice having to sit there and work out your ideas. And it's also different than just sitting there and playing to recording and learning a song note for note from another band, like in your tributes, which I still love. I, you know, I still love doing tributes. It's just, it's really, it's a totally different process. And a lot of really focusing on, you know, details, little tiny details and especially arranging Uh, to me. One thing I always loved about somebody like Ronnie Dio was he was just, to me, he was a master of arrangements. And that's one thing we're going through the acoustic stuff. And we are not saying, okay, well, this is the way it sounded on the electric album. Let's just unplug it. No, we're actually taking time to go through. Do things need to be rearranged? Do parts need to be moved around? One thing I've really seen with acoustic, there's no hiding. There's no hiding behind a wall of gain. It's just the purest, most elemental format of your band and you for your art. And so far, what we've written that we're doing acoustically, I don't think it's going to be a problem doing electric. But if some things don't work out electric, then they don't work out. We keep us an acoustic and uh, we still have plenty of ideas that we're churning out and just trying to come up with the best ones for new material. Because obviously the goal is for us to translate, not only be doing acoustic, but doing electric. But it seems people have really been interested in the acoustic set. So I, I'm just, if people like it, oh, of course I'm going to play it. I want people to be happy with what we're doing. Oh, yeah. Now, well, what's interesting is we have two bassists on with us right now. Bill and Rod, you guys both play bass. How is that uh, as far as going from electric to acoustic? How, like, what's the style change? What's... What's the feel difference between, as somebody who doesn't play, I don't play bass, how could you describe the difference between playing electric as opposed to playing bass, uh, playing acoustic? Well, you've got to really watch the volume. You really have to watch the volume. And honestly, you have to, at least for me, I feel you have to really watch overplaying. You really have to sit there, play to the song, not to your ego. What do you think, Bill? I absolutely agree. Playing acoustic um, with the bass guitar is all about subtlety. I mean, it's playing fewer notes, but playing the right notes. Exactly. Good way to put it. Man. So what's the schedule look like for you guys? Do you have any shows on the books, anything upcoming? Well, uh, March 6th, we're actually doing a preview 15-minute set for Equilibrium Bookings out in uh, on Long Island, uh, Katie's of Smithtown. Uh, we're, we're the featured band for their open mic on Wednesdays, and we're doing about a 15-minute set just to preview, give some people something to talk about, take some video, and uh, just, you know, get some of that stage chemistry and just have a, have a fun night. And then... Uh, April 13th, uh, we are playing the Shillelagh Tavern. Uh, we're doing a full headlining acoustic set. Nice. And, uh, yeah, and we got a few other things in the works. We're still nailing down the fine details on it. It looks like we uh, have Max joining us. Let me get Max in here. 
Hey, hey Max, everybody. thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Man, so we were just talking about uh, getting things together. You guys working on acoustic stuff right now and uh, getting the chemistry together. We were just talking about some of your dates. How is it joining the band? It's been an incredible ride. Um, walked in and uh, met James. We, we met uh, through Facebook, but we have a lot of mutual uh, friends and acquaintances in this crazy music world, right? And... Um, and, uh, you know, we just talked about joining and it seemed very appealing to me uh, just to make a long story short. You know, for the last few years I've been doing, you know, on the cover band scene out in uh, Long Island. And but I came from the whole world of originals and, and original bands and that whole scene. And I really missed that. and I missed being creative and and uh, collaborating with other creative people. And so it was just the timing was right. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I, I definitely need to kind of explore that that aspect of myself again. So um, jumped in with both feet and you either have chemistry or you don't. And we did right off the bat and, you know, not even a few rehearsals in and we already started writing new material and it's been great. It's been very exciting. And, and the things that we have planned, um, things that we're working on, I, it's going to be very exciting for, for us first and foremost, but for everybody, that will be listening and, and following us. So um, it's been an honor. And these other three guys with with me, I mean, we've already become like a dysfunctional family. <laughs> so after only a month, to say the least. But uh, but that's um, great. I'm growing to love these guys. I mean, really, it's it's great. It's been awesome. Now, how often are you guys getting together? Like with with this being your first month together, how often have you guys gotten a chance? Twice to a week. Together? Wow. Twice a week, Thursdays and Saturdays. Thursdays at 7.30, which we have tomorrow at 7.30, rehearsal. And then Saturdays, sometimes it's 10 a.m., sometimes it's 5 a.m. We wake up early on Saturdays. Jumping in with both feet, that's excellent. Like a, uh, like a rehearsal hall inside the house? Like, how you guys doing? Uh, we, have a, we have a monthly room. Nice. So, uh, Max, I've known both Rod and James for, God, I can't believe I'm saying this, six years. Wow. But, um, and I'm sure we've talked about this in the past. Can you guys give me a, a little idea, give our viewers a little idea about what uh, inspirations you guys grew up with, what you, what you like to emulate as far as playing is concerned? Something? Yeah, Max, you're the new guy. We'll start. All with right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of, wow. I mean, uh, I've been playing since I was about 12, 12, 13. Um, I'm kind of all over the place with influences. But, I mean, I guess the first guy who made me really want to pick up the guitar in the first place, um, the first two guys, I would say, are, are Van Halen and, and Hendrix, um, like many other people. But not that they really inspired me to play the way I play. I mean, the way you play, it, it obviously changes over time. And you soak up a little bit of what you're listening to. And I'm always listening to so many different things. But if I have to kind of pinpoint it on the, the core, I say the core four, probably um, Jimmy Page, a lot of Tony Iommi from Sabbath, um, Randy Rhodes, and, and, and probably David Gilmore from Pink Floyd. Um, those are those are but as far as you know other music is concerned and influences i mean 
uh, obviously all the hard rock and, and classic heavy metal stuff, but even classical, I'm a huge fan of classical music. Um, in the past, a lot of like lead stuff that I've done, solos that I've done, the scales are always, you know, very rarely based on blues and more towards the classical scales. Gotcha. So I'm big into like Bach and, and Mozart and, and Beethoven and stuff like that, Chopin and all those composers. So listening to that, I mean, those guys are metal, you know what I mean? I don't care, especially like Bach. I mean, super metal. Where if oh, you yeah. play any of that was the metal of the day, music. yeah, back 200 years <laughs> or so ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because I I've heard I've heard like interpretation of Bach pieces done on electric guitars. It's it's a metal solo, you know. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm big into that. Um, but I also love like 80s new wave and like post punk and like um, even like the the dark like the goth stuff of like you know, early to mid eighties, like sisters of mercy and joy division and all that kind of stuff. I'm big into that. So I'm all over the place, <laughs> but those guitar players are like my core four influences for sure. Oh yeah. How about you, Rod? Well, you know, Steve Harris always going to be my favorite bassist, uh, geezer Butler, other incredible, uh, John Paul Jones from Zeppelin. I also like more modern, like Frank Bellow from Anthrax, uh, Marcus from Halloween. For this band, I really said, let me just go back real, you know, listen to a lot of Finn Lizzy, Phil Linen, where, you know, he's playing, but he's not overplaying, doesn't have to go a million miles an hour. Uh, breaking out the old GNR, a lot of more classic, traditional hard rock, heavy metal. Bass playing compared to more progressive or power metal, but it's all good. I like a lot of it. I love the music we're doing. What we're coming up is great. And uh, everybody that I've been working with has been total pro and definitely a level up in some other situations I've had recently. So it's been great. And uh, James. Oh, influence wise, I mean, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, John Sykes on guitar. I'm I'm a huge White Snake fan. Uh, vocalist wise, David Coverdale is fucking amazing. Um, you know Axl Rose, Slash. I know those are kind of the stereotypical ones. Um, you know Richie Blackmore. Yeah, there there's so there's so many. Um, e even Chuck Berry. I mean, you know, wouldn't have so. a without him. So. Um, so what is next in line for you guys? What is the plan coming up? Well, um, like I said earlier, March 6th, uh, we got that preview show, um, in between them, just lots of rehearsals, uh, lots of coffee, uh, shout out <laughs> to Mallard's, uh, coffee roasters. Uh, they're located right next to us. They keep us caffeinated on Saturdays. Um, but yeah, just uh, looking forward to having fun. Hell yeah. Now, are people able to keep up to date with you guys? If so, how can they go about doing that? That'd be easy. Facebook. Um, Facebook.com slash RiderBandNY. Um, on Instagram, Rider underscore NY. And it's Rider with a Y, not an I. Um, yeah, those are two main ones. I mean, I think... I think Rider Band is also the TikTok handle too. I mean, we're 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 just stretching our feet on TikTok. Yeah, I hear you on there. 
Uh, any any other questions or thoughts for these guys, Bill? No, I don't think so. I'm looking forward to hearing uh, where you go with the acoustic stuff myself, especially um, listening to um, some of um, you know, you know the previous lineups material and uh, where you were going with some of the acoustic even back then. I think it'll be um, some really good stuff. Looking forward to hearing it and looking forward to the electric when you get there too. Thank you. I am uh, James. Just between me and you, and you guys, I'm hoping for a stripped down version of Hard Time. I think that would be an amazing. Uh, oh well, you never know. You never know, Chris. You're just gonna have to listen. <laughs> Sounds but, like you uh, might have been a good guess, Chris. Oh, maybe. That's why I just love that song and the other one that I was always, always, always a fan of is Rock and Roll's Not Dead. And I'm hoping I'm on the right chain with this, but we'll see, man. I'm really, really amped and looking forward to seeing where you guys head from here. I, but, I mean, we, we I, I can tell you right now, uh, I think tomorrow at rehearsal, I think we're, uh, we, we might have a little fun going a little deeper back in the discography and we could see what we can pull. Nice. So, guys, thank you so much for hanging with us tonight. And uh, best of luck, James. You know, I will be talking. So, thank you so much, guys. Rod, talk to you as always. As always, Chris. As always. All right, guys. Have a great rest of your week. All thank right, Sammy. Have a song, guys. See you, guys. See you. All right, bye. All right. Uh, looking forward to seeing what comes out from them, guys. Like I said, we go way back with them so um but if you guys are unfamiliar uh me and me and bill have been doing a really fun thing called have you heard and uh the song that i had this week was frame by frame by um king crimson and i gotta say it was a total shock to the system knowing a lot of listen to some of the order king crimson songs when i came across this one i was really taken by surprise um some of the notes that i wrote down for this um it's mostly instrumental uh the bass is incredible but keeps the whole like heartbeat of the entire song alive i feel like it's one of the very first things that you notice about the song and the other thing that i noticed about the song is it's almost like the instruments are talking to one another like there, there's just this conversation being done with with the instruments and um the other thing that i put down was uh the line drowning from within like that to me i just love that line i love the whole idea behind that um maybe self-doubt maybe a little bit of um not being so sure of what's going on which kind of made me feel like maybe that's the whole language thing between the instruments. Am I on the right track, Bill? You definitely are. Um, tell you a little bit about um, the song and about the band. This version of King Crimson started in 1981. It was a, a total reboot of the band after they had split in 1974. And you're right about the song. I mean, from an instrumental perspective, it was deliberately set up in a way for the two guitars and the bass to 
be able by turns to take center stage, they're playing polyrhythmically. So they're playing in different time signatures and the, coming back together typically around the point of uh, you know, the, the vocals coming back in. There's only two verses to the song, and so there's not a lot of lyrics. But the lyrics, as you said, are pretty profound. Adrian Ballou, who was the lyricist for this version of the band, was a terrific songwriter, um, very much uh, influenced by the Beatles on one hand and by Talking Heads on the other. He actually played in Talking Heads for a time in their live band. Wow. I, I want to say that some of the, and I hope I'm not too far for saying this, but it, it was a little synthy at points for me that it reminded me a lot of Sammy, Sammy Hagar-esque Van Halen. Like it had a bit of that, you could really tell it was 80s. Like it's definitely could, 80s production, but there's no synthesizer as such. Really? There's a the guitar synth being used by okay. Blue, but there's no keyboard synthesizer at all. Wow. Yeah, it, it was an incredible song. You, you know, I looked up a little bit about it and looked up, like, what year it came. Because I was like, this has to be from the 80s. Because I expect King Crimson, like, 60s, 70s, like. And then, yeah, I was surprised to see that it was an 80s tune, even though it's very, like you said, very indicative of the 80s. No, um, King Crimson went through all sorts of lineup changes, uh, even in the early 70s. I mean, their um, first two albums basically had one group of people. Their third album had uh, yet another. The fourth album had yet another. <laughs> They've changed over constantly. Wow. I mean, the 80s lineup was probably the most stable they had for a while. Wow. Now, uh, how about the song that I gave you? Oh, 10 Minutes Before the Worm, Alice Cooper from Pretty's For You. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that one is interesting on a few levels. Um, it's um, you know, from Alice's first album. Uh, Alice in the early days was very much under the wing of Frank Zappa. And the first album was produced by Ian Underwood, who played uh, keyboards and horns in Zappa's band, the Mothers of Invention back at that time. But what struck me about the song was how much it sounded like another artist. At the same time as Pretty's For You was being made in 1969, Zappa was working very closely with another artist, his buddy from high school, Captain Beefheart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of similarity to me listening to um, 10 Minutes Before the Worm with some of the songs on Captain Beefheart's album, Trout Mask Replica. And that's to say that there are pieces of it that are almost atonal. You know, there's an approach to it where the music almost isn't very musical, but you can't get it out of your head once you've heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it has no hook whatsoever. But yeah, you're right. It gets stuck in your head. And for me, the amazing part of that first album, Pretties for You, and maybe the second album from Alice, was that nothing they did after that sounded anything like that. Bob Ezrin 
picked up um, production of the band with uh, the third album with Love It to Death, and he took yeah. it in, in a totally different direction. Absolutely right. Yeah, and I mean, it's incredible. I, I would have liked to have seen just some of that brought back later just to see how the band would have handled that or retouched that or just what would have been done with that music. But yeah, that music was never what like made floored me with Alice is just how diverse he was because he could do like he he could do like show songs, show tunes. He could do oh, show yeah. tunes and then go back to doing that stuff or doing shock rock or doing very versatile. So uh, the show tunes definitely. I mean, uh, one of my favorite Alice songs is a song that he did as a show tune that didn't start out that way. That's uh, Hello, Hooray. Yes, yes. I don't know if you've ever heard the original version of Hello, Hooray, the version by Judy Collins. No. Totally different. <laughs> I'm not, after this show, I'm going to have to listen to that. <laughs> so my song for next week, uh, this is going to be a little bit more dialed back. Um a little bit newer. It's a, a pretty brand new band out of uh, out of Memphis. Uh, they're called the Vegabonds, and the song is "Everything I Need." That's going to be my song for you for next week. I think after listening to the craziness I gave you last week, I <laughs> <laughs> make it a little bit easier on you this time. Oh my goodness! So the song that you're giving me is. I'm going to give you one that might be a little more familiar, but maybe not. We'll see. The song I'm uh, going to ask you to listen to is called Driver's Seat. It's by Sniffin' the Tears. Okay. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Yeah, that's... I'm excited for that. Yeah. So if you guys have not followed along, if you haven't had the chance to keep up, I'm going to... I'm going to finally put out the playlist that we've been doing. Uh, it's only about six songs in now, or yeah, about six. Songs Not in. even that. It's like four, I think. Well, I Whatever. mean, I think there were three for me and three for you. Okay. I think okay. this might, I think we're going into our fourth one. Yep. So right. uh, there's six tracks all together. I wanted to wait until that we had a couple songs in to be able to put out, uh, a playlist. I'm going to publish it on the Rock and Roll Union page for anybody who wants to keep up, wants to hear some new music. And if you have anything that you guys want to suggest to us, I would open that up too. Like you guys can suggest music to us. Maybe one week we'll just go according to viewers' choice. And uh, it, it's got to be something that isn't common. It, I mean, B sides are great, lesser known bands are great. And that, that's kind of what the whole purpose of this is, is to kind of dig deep into music. And there's so much of it out there that people haven't heard. People don't follow along with that. I'm I'm enjoying this, Bill. What do you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is giving me an opportunity to go back and listen to some music that back when it was new that in some cases I knew very well, but I haven't had an opportunity to listen to in quite some time. Yeah. I can imagine if I haven't listened to it in a while, that um, you might not ever have heard it. So, uh, I'll tell you what, the one that you're giving me this week, I have never heard. So It'll probably be familiar when you do hear it. Okay. I mean, the, 
Sniffing the Tears was a one-hit wonder in the United States. Gotcha. Uh, time period? Can you give me that? 1979, I think. Okay. So right on the cusp of the 80s. Good stuff. So, but uh, that about does it for us, Bill. Thank you once again for hanging. Oh, uh, my pleasure, as always. Really looking forward to seeing what uh, next week we are doing Trop, Trop Rock Wednesday. We're going to have Jim Papaz with us. Really cool uh, singer-songwriter. And uh, really looking forward to talking with him. So uh, until next time, don't just leave it. Leave it better. And Bill, any final words? Um, I think we're covered. If you could send me a link to uh, the Vegabonds tune, please do that. Oh, I, I definitely will. As well. Sounds good. All right, guys, have a great rest of your week. We are out of here. Take care, guys. Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. VOC Nation's own Stro Maestro suffered a major medical and financial catastrophe this year. From the VOC Nation family, to all of you, please continue to pray for Stro Maestro for his continued recovery. You can also donate to his cause, paypal.me slash The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In The Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Cassie Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off the uh, building. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stiles of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts will include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Bill After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. 
Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the <clears throat> World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just nine dollars a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill. I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found. Well, what's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think, uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Bruno was an early champion. Yeah. Here are exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Actor, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did didn't have anything to do Well, yes, but the whole thing is this, if you rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation radio network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation.